Hello, welcome to the new Gab and Jules show. No Gab Marcotti again today, still on holiday. So look who's here with me, Stu Robson. Thank you so much, Robo. As I always say, it's a pleasure to be on oh, with you. Thank you. Happy New Year happy for you. New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to everybody who's watching, listening. Thank you for a great 2022, mm. by the way, for all the all the time that you spent listening, watching, interacting with us, whether you agreed or not. It doesn't matter so much. It was great and and. You know, Can I just ask you why you're wearing an Italian shirt, a Napoli shirt today? Because I haven't uh, had time to go to classic football shirt to get oh, okay. you know my loads of uh, of uh, vintage shirts. So I thought because you're there, because I know you're yeah. you're a fan of of Italian football, I thought this is fitted. And also because they've been as long as it wasn't Gabs. That's what I was worried about. No, it's not Gabs. No, 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 not sure worry. that would fit you. <laughs> Um, lots to talk about today mm. because uh, La Liga was yeah. was playing uh, this weekend. Liga was playing this weekend. We had big games in the two in the two leagues and the Premier League, of course, continuing after the restart mm. of the the previous week with big results: Chelsea, Spurs, City, mm. Newcastle. All of them not winning. Uh, Arsenal winning, and we will start there because they finished the year at top of the table. Mm. They're restarting, they're starting the new year as top of the table after an, an impressive, or certainly for some of it, win at Brighton. Absolutely. It was, I thought it was fairly impressive in the, particularly the second half against West Ham. They completely dominated mm. that game. And although they didn't have all the ball against Brighton, Brighton had more possession. Yeah. Every time they went forward, Arsenal, they looked as though they were going to score goals. I mean, so much pace in the side, there's so much creativity, players running with the ball, players picking out the right passes, the movement off the ball, a centre forward who we were unsure about, yeah. still playing well. Yeah, the two wide again. players have been absolutely brilliant for Arsenal. And they start games at such a such a pace. Yeah. And it's difficult for, you know, Brighton were out the game or, or seemed to be out the game uh, so early on. Yeah, after I think 66 seconds mm. is the, the yeah. Bukayo Saka goal. So Arsenal have uh, 43 points mm. uh, out of 48. So yeah. the only defeat they had was obviously uh, United. And, and, and they outplayed Manchester United yeah, for much for, of that game. Yeah, yeah. and that disallowed goal, uh, yeah. this goal as well. The draw was away at Southampton where mm. they looked to have the game in control yeah. and then considering that second half. No team that have had so many points at this stage of the season have not gone on and win the mm. title. Uh, they're seven points clear of City with similar mm. games played, but they would have to face City twice. Obviously, because yeah. we haven't played them yet this season. So one game is uh, in February and mm. the next one is in April. But they look, they look very good right now, right? For, yeah. for, this title, for this title challenge, I guess. The confidence that's uh, flowing through the club at the moment. You can see that, the crowd, the noise the crowd are making, the centre-backs. I'm still not quite sure about the centre-backs as being really top-class players because okay. they will make errors. Yeah, we saw Saliba for yeah. against Brighton. Uh, when he shouldn't have made the error, obviously. Yeah. But they look so comfortable sometimes on the ball. They're winning headers. Every time they go up at set plays, they look as though they're going to certainly get their head on the end yeah. of things. So there's so many things about Arsenal at the moment that are good. You know, I, I read somewhere that they, they haven't got a plan B. Well, I've seen them play two or three different ways. Me too. They've played counter-attacking football at the very, at the very highest level, you know, yeah. in terms of... And, and Brighton had a lot of possession, but they yeah. won back the ball in good areas and counter-attacked well. They've dominated possession at home in certain games and mm. look like creating chance, even against sides that want to defend deeply. Uh, and they look like they're an athletic side that want to go and win yeah. the ball back. They want to recover well. When you see the team's recovery, they recover quicker than most teams are, are, are trying to run forward. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, I mean, you see the counter-pressing on the, the mm. Saka goal, for yeah. example. The way Party and Zinchenko mm. recover mm. the ball so yeah. quickly. And then the, because you recover the ball so high, then it goes to yeah. Martinelli. There's a bit of luck on the cross and the way Saka receives the ball. Mm. But after that, it's, it's much easier. I've been very impressed with them without the ball mm. almost for all the, the talent that you, you mentioned with the ball and the way the different way they attack and, and the way they move the ball the, the best teams the best teams when I was playing football the best teams were always the hardest to play against not particularly when they had the ball but when you yeah. had the ball because they shut you down quickly you didn't have time on the ball to pick out a pass and when you play against Arsenal at the moment you don't have too much time on the ball in most of the games. One player that I think right now is maybe above everybody else in that team is Martin Odegaard, who was fantastic against mm. West Ham in everything he did with the ball and again against Brighton. I mean, I questioned him when he first came. I think, has he got enough pace to play in that? Did he look like a, a poor man's Meza Ozil? Mm -hmm. But that's not been the case. He's got better and better. He can run with the ball. He can pick out passes and he can score goals. He's been brilliant. And, and also, again, the, I think he's the one, one of the ones that runs the most, mm. presses the most, mm. sprints the most. I mean, everything that he also gives you when he doesn't have the ball. Mm. 
And as a captain, he might not be the most flamboyant in the term, like, mm. you know, the uh, big shouter or mm. you, does, I don't think he's got that, that rocking personality, you need for example. That? Maybe you don't need, but he certainly leads by example. And without the ball, I'm always amazed of all the efforts that he makes and everything. Mm. I think he's certainly at the, at this moment in time and maybe the break for the World Cup and he didn't go with Norway, of course. And would you say he's playing a little bit like Griezmann did for France at the World Cup? Because he can play in the number yeah. 10, but he's almost playing that little bit deeper and then goes and joins in in the front areas and then he's yeah, doing the defensive side of the game yeah, so I've been very impressed with him this season no me too Shoot, let's let's continue on on Odegaard just just quickly because that the goal he scores it's a bit lucky but the way he hits the way he hits the ball down yeah. the ground to be fair a bit like what Ozil to go back to your comparison yeah. about Ozil um, used to do in in a more um, like desired ways that's what that's what I think Ozil meant to do you know yeah, when yeah. he was doing that trick I don't think that one is what Odegaard it's just the way the ball arrived with the spin yeah, on it yeah. and then he but I just like how aware he is all the time about everything. You know, I was mm. at the West Ham game and I would spend 15 minutes just watching him and his movement. And he asked for the ball, trying to run in behind. The ball doesn't come, he comes back. And then he asks for his shot. And you see him, he's always, he always wants the ball and he always moves his arm all the time. And he doesn't get it, it doesn't matter. He will make that sprint there in case Arsenal lose the ball so he can be there to counter press quickly. I just think he's such an intelligent guy mm. that... And he's only still so young that you think, okay, he's going to get better. He's going to improve. Maybe even physically, he's like his body mm-hmm. will be able to take more sprints and more effort and the rep- more mm-hmm. repetition in everything mm-hmm. he does. And I'm just like, wow, okay, if he if he keeps his feet on the ground, and I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't, but maybe, but he, he can develop into a, an even better player. This, this is why Real Madrid took him as such a young player. Yeah, because they saw all, they saw all the these time. qualities, yeah. these qualities he had as a youngster. And sometimes if you play in, in reserves or youth team football for too long, as he did at, at Real Madrid, you don't develop your game. He's come to Arsenal and it took him a little time, I would say, to, to get into his stride. I thought he was a luxury player, you know, a bit yeah, like yeah. Mesut Ozil. He's worse when he was at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. What's he going to bring to Arsenal that somebody, some other players couldn't bring? But as he's got, as he's moved on, he looks sharper, he looks yeah. quicker, he looks more intelligent, he can pick passes out, he can see the runs of others, the awareness that you talked about. He looks the all-round midfield player, comes mm. sort of second striker. He's yeah. outstanding at the moment. Yeah, you're right. So there will be a bigger test, yeah. even more bigger against Newcastle on yeah. Tuesday. So we're recording this show on Monday, Monday morning. And let's see how how Arsenal do in that mm. game against the, the, I mean, the best defender in the league mm-hmm. at the yeah. moment uh, in Newcastle. Um, against a team that can match their intensity, yeah. certainly. Uh, we saw and match their confidence as well. Because that's the key thing with Arsenal. They're a side that are playing with such confidence. They believe in themselves. And other teams now come up against Arsenal and are frightened. You know, two, three, four, five years ago, everybody thought they could out-bully Arsenal. Come on, if we get stuck into Arsenal, they'll, they'll, they'll crumble at some point. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. Would... The last, last kind of half hour against mm. Brighton worry you a little bit in the sense that they considered that, that first goal, uh, which was a very good goal, the mm. first Mitoma goal, the, the reverse pass from Gross is, yeah. is great, but still in midfield, there's, 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 yeah. there's something missing there. Um, the second goal is, uh, is, is the Saliba mistake that we mentioned on Ferguson, mm. that, that, that threw ball, ball over the top, yeah. yeah, over the top, that they could have dealt with better, similar to maybe the one against West Ham mm. when they gave the penalty away. Mm. Um, then there's the third goal that was disallowed uh, um, as well by, by Mitoma and Brighton. Would that worry you a little bit? We were saying before before the show when we were preparing that Arteta changed the two fullbacks after the yeah. hour and maybe that unsettled the defence a little bit? Certainly unsettled the defence. And I think there's sometimes managers do that. Their side are winning comfortably. We've, we've got the game one. We can make one or two changes. Yeah, you but, it up, yeah. but when you're playing away from home against a side that are fluid in their movement and, and if they can get their game going and get some confidence, they're a difficult team to play against. It was a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. And having scored that first goal and then looks on the edge for a little while, over the course of the season, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think Tiani's a good player. I think mm. Tommy Asu is a good player when they start games. But it's always difficult when you're three. Now, you've got to come on and, and get into the game straight away. You've got to play at the right intensity. And that goal, just as they came on, gave Brighton that little bit of hope. Yeah. And there was one or two issues. I mean, Arsenal, I still think Gabriel and Saliba are good players, but they will make mistakes at some point. 
at the moment, they're not making that many mistakes and Arsenal are getting away with it. But they are, as a back four, they've been good all season. Yeah. But they will make one or two mistakes, hopefully not the uh, important times. Yeah, so again, I think they will be tested against Newcastle yeah. at the Emirates on, on Tuesday. We'll see how, how they cope with Joel Linton and with Almeron. Yeah. Because they take Wilson. up good positions. Are yeah. they are they in, in the front areas? Are they midfield players? Are they going to play wide? Or are they going to come into the inside, right, inside, left positions? So big decisions for yeah. defenders to make. Um, what would you do if you were Edu Gaspar, the, the Arsenal Sporting Director, or if you were Mikel Arteta, for example, to, to manage this January transfer window <laughs> in what you can bring? And you know there's money available for you if you wish to, if you want to use it. Would you, as you said earlier when we were preparing for the show, improve your starting 11 or improve your squad or both if you can do both I would improve the squad I've seen it on too many occasions when a team's going well and I'll, I'll give Newcastle as the biggest example ever under I think it was under Keegan when they were top of the table this sort of time in the season mm-hmm. and they said we need one more player that's going to take us to the to the very top and make sure we win the league and they bought uh, Aspria yeah, yeah. Uh, and he changed the whole dynamic of the team um, he was a different sort of player I think the other players that had got Newcastle to the top thought hang on why are you bringing in somebody we've got you to the top you then leave out a player that's that's been doing so well yeah. to bring in a new player that didn't hit the ground running I've seen it with a long long time ago Rodney Marsh went into Man City when Man City did exactly the same right. in, in the in the late 70s I think it was uh, and I'd be very worried if Arsenal went and bought a Jao Felix or somebody like that okay. and said to say Martinelli or Saka sorry or Odegaard uh, you're not in the team this week, I'm going to play Jao Felix. It might just upset the balance of the side. It might upset the team spirit. If you go and buy a player, and you uh, sort of mentioned it about Tommy Asu and, and Tierney coming in and making those changes, I think the squad will probably need to be improved, yeah. but not the team. Don't go and buy a player that you're going to put into the team straight away. Liverpool used to do it brilliantly when they were the best team in the 70s, 80s. You know, they had Rush and Dalglish. Yeah. And then they brought in the likes of Michael Robinson and Paul Walsh who weren't going to go straight into the team. But if either of those got injured, they could come in and do a very good job. And eventually they became top-class players for Liverpool. I think that's what Arsenal needs to do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do, you know, business-wise. In the and for your younger the listeners concert. and viewers, I mean, um, they're old players that you probably wouldn't know anything no, about. No, 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 it's good, it's good, it's, it's good. But I, I get your point. Although I think if you can get... It's always... I get your point completely. It's also how you manage... You know, you can say to Martinelli and Saka, mm. listen, we're going to play 17 mm. games this season. There's, mm. There was a World Cup mm. where you were both involved in and yet you only only went to the quarterfinals. But still, you played. Mm. It would be good for you to be mm. rested and for, for to, to be able to rest you in the second half. But of if the you season, bought Jao Felix that- and you only played him every other week, someone like Jao yeah, Felix, yeah, yeah. and you only played he's him every other week, you say, hang on, you've just bought me for, you know, a, a, an absolute fortune. You're not going to play yeah, him. Yeah, no, sure. So that's the, there's the sort of dilemma that a manager has yeah yeah so it'd be very interesting to to see what they do a word on on Brighton and Roberto De Zerbi because there was a lot of good things in that mm. in that performance against that okay yeah they lost the game at mm. home it's not it's, it's not good to lose especially when you 1-0 down after 60 seconds when you 3-0 down straight mm. after the the, the break mm. but they showed character I yeah. thought they mm. kept playing and yeah at times they they struggled. They had a lot of the ball and didn't always create the biggest chance. And I still think they need a centre forward that yeah. is better than what they have with Trossard as a false nine, for example. Yeah. But Mitoma looks like a Good wonderful player. prospect, and and they will always still be be dangerous, be threatening you. When they started the season so well, Danny Welbeck was playing as the main centre forward and yeah, he was yeah. playing at his very best and he was making runs in behind. Remember that game against Manchester United when he kept on running in behind them, yeah. and that allowed more space for their midfield players and they, they have a lot of uh, positional rotation in, in the Brighton side and De Zerbi his record since he's been at Brighton hasn't been particularly good if you look at the results they've lost to Charlton as well in the Carabao mm. Cup but he's now got the system that he wants he came in he had to stick with what Potter was doing yeah, with a back yeah, yeah. three but he's always been a back four man I saw that at Sassuolo at, at mm. Shakhtar Don, Donetsk now I think he's getting the system that he wants and I think they're going to be a good side for the rest of the season. They, they, they're, probably, they're certainly going to be in the top half. Yeah, and, and let's not forget they miss Alexis McAllister oh, who is a yeah. huge player for and, them. And, and it's not only has he created goals, he scored goals as yeah, well. I think yeah, he's their yeah. second, second leading goal scorer. Uh, so he's, he's, he was a, a, a vital miss for them. Yeah, so he's, he's, I think it would be different when he also comes back and when all the players who went to the World mm. Cup that they had, like Aicino mm. as well, get back to full mm. fitness and the momentum is back and the, and the rhythm is back. But, but at least it was good for them, I think, not to give up a 3-0 down yeah. and just, uh, you know, uh, let's just not try to concede anymore and, and we'll be happy with the 3-0 defeat. 
think because I, they kept yeah, going for it. I think Arteta said it after the game. Yeah. This is a good Brighton side. They're a difficult Brighton. side to play against. This was a Definitely. worrying game for us, but we've, we've we've survived it and we played very well and, and beat them comfortably in the end. Yeah. Brighton are going to cause uh, teams problems. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, enough. Arsenal and, and Brighton, Sue, and, 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 and let's, let's put You can aside. never get enough of Arsenal, no, can no, you? No, 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 but let's put aside, I was going to say, I mean, the Premier League for sure, and, and, but, but football in general, because uh, since we last did the show mm. uh, last week on Thursday, Pelé passed away, of course, uh, uh, which was, I think, a very sad day mm. for football, very sad day for Brazilian football, for Brazil as a, as a whole, I think for the whole world, even mm. if you didn't like football, you knew who Pelé was. Um, so... A really, really tough day, sad day. Uh, today on Monday is the, the start of the whole the funeral ceremony, if you want, mm. where he will be honoured as, as Santos and then there will be the funeral on Tuesday. And I just wanted to have really your opinion. I know you talked about it on the ESPN FC show, of mm. course. Uh, I just wanted your opinion on Pelé, what he meant to you as a, as a former professional mm. player, what you felt he brought to football, what you felt his legacy will be um, from now on. Well, I was when the 1970 World Cup took place. I was that was the first one I really watched. I was six, coming on seven, and he was the player of the tournament. By yeah. and you saw things him do things that you hadn't seen players do before. You know the ball where he let the ball run yeah. beyond the goalkeeper against Uruguay when he shot from the halfway line. I think it was against Czechoslovakia. I mean, he just looked the outstanding player. The header that he uh, that Gordon Banks makes yeah. the brilliant save. The, the way he holds himself in the air and heads it down. The goal against. Italy. I mean, it was a throw in, a ball into the box, and he's at the far post, he heads it down. The layoff for yeah, Carlos yeah, Alberto, yeah, you know, course, where he just yeah. slows it all down and passes it. And then, because of that, you then look back at what he'd done before, and there's a goal that he scored in the, the World Cup final in 58, I suppose, yeah. uh, against Sweden, where the ball comes into the box. I remember he's 17 years old, and it's it summed up Pele uh, at his very best. He wins the ball. Most people try and head it. He actually brought it down on his chest against the first defender. The ball went away from him. He then took a... The, the, the defender went with his stud showing and took him on the thigh. He still hurdled that challenge, got, took it past him and smashes it into the corner. That was a great goal in terms of its technique, mm. in terms of its bravery, in terms of its strength. You know, and that's what he was. He did everything to the to, almost to perfection. He had every attribute you'd want from a footballer. And as a young footballer growing up, I wanted to be maybe Johan Cruyff. I wanted to be Franz Beckenbauer. The reason I didn't want to be Pelle, because I knew I couldn't do those sort of things. I was never going to be that sort of player. Yeah. Whereas I thought I might be able to do the things that Franz Beckenbauer could do. I might be able to do the things that Johan Cruyff could do. You couldn't match what Pelle, because he was a one-off. Yeah, so special. I mean, the king, they call him for, mm. for a reason, of course. And far from the debate about the goat or not the goat or who's the goat I think he created mm. so many skills that we mm. see players now doing mm. it the step overs mm. even the Cruyff turn to be yeah, fair yeah. I think Pelé did it before uh, before him uh, but, but step overs everything I think he had he was maybe the most complete mm. of all of them you know and I, maybe I'm, 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 I'm I might be wrong but I don't think so there was no flaws in his character as a footballer you know, yeah. he inspired everybody around him when he got kicked, and he certainly did get kicked God, on yeah, numerous yeah. occasions. 66, 66, 66, 66 World Cup. Cup. If you ever yeah. watch clips of that, the Portuguese team just absolutely yeah. kicked him off the park. He was injured, he had a bad knee, whatever. But he didn't get up and retaliate. He didn't go across to the referee to moan or anything. He got up and got on with the game. Yeah, he was the outstanding personality in football yeah. at the time. So not just the best player, 
He was the most outstanding personality. Everybody loved him. Always had a smile on his face, apart from when he was on the ground in yeah, 66. Yeah, yeah. But you saw he was a great ambassador for the club, yeah. for, the, for the world of football. Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, one man club as well, so yeah. pretty much, uh, apart from the end, a bit in, in the US. But Santos scored over 1,200 mm. goals, I think he mm. was in total. It was a bit hard at times, I think, to, to maybe count all yeah. the goals. And they, they also played a lot of friendlies and everything. But, but still, a, an incredible amount of goals. And mm. like you said, he could create, he could score, he could do... Mm. He could do everything. Won the World Cup three times. Who is mm. the only the mm. only player ever mm. to do that? I don't even know if anybody one day will be able to match that. that you does it. You know, maybe. I mean, I guess you need to start early, and mm. and Mbappe started early, but I don't even know if he can do three. So it's it's pretty an incredible career. And then the career stopped what, at the end of the seventies mm. to maybe have become more famous. Like in the last few, mm. the last 20 years, let's say, than he was during his career to have still been so relevant in mm. the world of football, I think was, was very special for sure. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, he was, a, he was a great character in terms of his football ability, but also the way he conducted himself and the way he represented football. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know anybody that's got or had a bad word no, about you're him, right, you're you know, right. which is not often the case, you know, when we talk about other world-class players over the years there's always somebody that's had said well they didn't behave in that particular way or they didn't do this particularly well not with Pele no you're right so so rest in peace Pele really and all our prayers and all our thoughts going mm. to to him to his family to the people in Brazil and everybody who loved him from one legend to another robot very different context of course mm. but Cristiano Ronaldo is now officially an Al Nasser player mm. uh, a Saudi Arabian league player if you want does that make you sad <laughs> It does to a certain degree. I, I'm quite sad that that a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, who has been such a brilliant player, doesn't realise the time to... to I'm, I'm always this one, try and retire at the very top when you're yeah. playing at your very best. I know the finances now make players go to lesser leagues to, to earn great money, but I would love to have seen Cristiano Ronaldo call it a day when he was at the very top, maybe when he finished at Juventus. He'll still score goals. He'll still yeah. be a, an effective player. He'll still dominate the headlines. He'll still bring, he might bring uh, Arabian football up to a, to a new level because of the, the interest in it. But he's certainly not the player he was. No. Uh, and that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, many others have done it. I mean, mm. Xavi Hernandez mm. finished his career in, mm. in, in Qatar, for example. Many mm. others have, have been there. It just feels a little bit because he's Cristiano and because he wanted uh, to still be relevant at mm. that age and he said, I want to finish with dignity and all mm. of that. And this feels, if, if you told me two or three years ago that Christophe Galtier would be the coach of Lionel Messi and Rudy Garcia would be the coach of Cristiano Ronaldo at the same Should time. It might be a clash of personality. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to go down, but I can't wait to watch it. So, uh, again, good luck to Cristiano yep. in his obviously new stage of his career uh, and, and to Rudy Garcia and to Al Nasser to have him with him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enough Cristiano Ronaldo now. We say we wish him good luck in, in Saudi Arabia. What about some quick hits, Robo? Let's go, Jules. Manchester City dropped points at home against Everton on Saturday in a game where I thought they lacked a bit of sharpness and Everton made life difficult for them too. Shoot, what went wrong for you? Uh, maybe a little bit of complacency with Man City. They got the early goal and they yeah. looked as though they were going to be on top. And they didn't show that real urgency until the end of the game. The last 10 minutes, they started throwing balls into the yeah. box. They had shots. Pickford made a couple of good saves. There were some good blocks from Everton. You know, Everton went with a game plan and it was going to sit deep. And because they get a result, it looks like a good game plan. And they also had a bit of threat on the counter-attack. And that's the one thing that I'm looking at Man City at the moment. There's been too yeah. many games where they've played well, but every so often, if they're defending, we talked about Arsenal being good defensively when they haven't got the ball. If they don't defend well from the front and the midfield get bypassed, their back three or back four often make bad decisions. And it looked too easy for, for Everton to counter-attack them at times. Yeah, so that's I mean, the Brentford, problem at the moment. Yeah, Brentford did, Brentford did it. And even Liverpool in the, the Carabao Cup last week, when they've been totally outplayed, still caused yeah. and created chances against Man City. And I looked at the Man City side, and without... Haaland's obviously literally quick. Without Walker, I think they lack a bit of pace. 
all yeah. around the pitch. And yeah, yeah. Be, although I can understand Rico Lewis. I mean, yeah. I think he's playing so well for such a mm. young defender. Yeah. But but I also thought that okay, Haaland scores, mm. and I think he maybe enjoyed the. Mm. Aggressive battle that yeah, he had yeah. with Godfrey and yeah. Tarkovsky and, and Cody. I also wondered at times, what, he looked frustrated to me, Robert. Mm. I have to say, he scored, he scored that first goal mm. in the first half, but he also looked frustrated. And I wondered if that's maybe the way that some of the teams, not everybody, and not everybody has centre backs like Cody, Tarkovsky, mm. and, and Godfrey, but maybe just like, you know, get, yeah. get, get, get wind him up. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and get in their face and be that aggressive, be that f- very physical. Most, most people, they were nasty to him, I thought. Most that. people are frightened of playing Man City. Yeah. And, and once you go 1 0 down against them, you, you, you're going to have a bit of a worry. But Everton showed a lot of physicality. They got, grew in the game in terms of confidence. They created one or two chances. And suddenly you think, actually, if, if we play well enough, we could get something out of this. And that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, they play Chelsea on Thursday now. Mm. It is before playing Chelsea again. Uh, mm. Obviously, at the end of the at the, the end of the week in the yeah. FA Cup, but that game against Chelsea on Thursday, massive, teams, massive, massive, massive. Now, Jules, it's, it was a tough weekend for Barcelona. They started off top of the table. They, yeah. They're back at the top of the table, but not how they thought they were going to get there. No, you're right because they drew that derby against Espanyol Robo uh, in a game where they scored very early, seventh mm. minute. I think Marcos mm. Alonso scored on a set piece, and then you thought, okay, they're in control here. Lewandowski was playing because this this weird thing where his suspension got suspended. I was yeah. like, well, for a little bit, not really sure why even. I think Xavi was like, yeah, they told us he could play, so he's here with us. Great, but he would still have to serve those mm. three-match ban. And then and then it's kind of unraveled in a weird way because they considered that penalty. Espanyol scored. Then I think they panicked a bit, mm. which is something that I didn't see, for example, with Real Madrid when they were nil-nil against mm. Real Valladolid, which we're going to mention a bit later. And I thought Barca sort of panicked for the last 20 minutes of the game and then Mateo Laos as we know of course made the game all by himself the mm. Spanish referee like he did at the World mm. Cup 14 yellow cards two red cards in the space of the last 20 minutes of the game which was completely mental I thought but in the end they lost two points Barcelona from I've seen a lot of them over the course of the year when things are going their way and they've got control of the game yeah. they're a very good side when things start to unravel and yeah, then Gavi and people you. like that start to throw themselves into tackles, then they lose their heads slightly and they become disjointed. So they can go from being a very, very good team to being a very average side in the space yeah, of 10 strange, minutes. strange, isn't it? It's really strange. And what about Tottenham Robo? Because mm. they also had a bad weekend. Mm. Uh, they lost at home against Aston Villa. The fans were not happy. Antonio Conte was not happy at all mm. after the game. Uh, uh, I mean, complaining about the lack of funding and the lack of investment from his club, of course, saying that, you know, the others use bazookas and they only use like small water pistols, whatever he said. He said that fifth is the best they can do. Where do you stand in this, like, about the game first, which was really, really bad, and what Antonio Conte is doing and saying now? I've been a great fan of Antonio Conte when he, I first saw him at Juventus. He changed Juventus. They were seventh in the table. He made them three times champions when he was the manager. The brilliant job he did for Italy when they weren't a very yeah, good yeah, team. Yeah, the, the brilliant Euros. job he did in the first season with Chelsea where he dominated the, the, the staff and they played exactly how he wanted them to play. Yeah. He did that at Inter as well. I just don't know what he's trying to achieve at Spurs at the moment. This, is, this isn't a manager that's in control of the players. because the, you know, he's, And he's not affecting it. We could see this result coming. If you looked at their last 10 games, yeah. they've been second best for most of the game. Yeah. Then they get a, a late good couple of goals and a t- good yeah. 20 thing. Why does that keep happening? You must be able to change this somehow. And Conte, when things are going his way, he's jumping around on the side of the field, he's enthusiastic, he's jumping into the arms of his coaching staff, he's waving to the fans. He looked like a miserable man yeah, on something. He looked like a manager that hadn't got an idea how he was going to change things. And he's, he always resorts, when things are going badly to the board they're not yeah. spending the money when we started the season everyone on FC show said who have done the best bit of business Spurs they're bought early they know exactly what they want Conte has done a good job they're going to be top side not it's, the case at the moment and it's never his fault you know, it's never his fault no. but yeah, I, think he, I think he made a, a point at the end by throwing on Papi Matassar yeah. Jed Spence who mm. never play no yeah, I mean Skip came on just almost to show Daniel Levy who was in the stands and the and the board and everybody look this is what I've got to this is what I've got to to use and everything which which I can understand yeah, you yeah. know everybody if if you're a manager you would want to sign mm. best players all the time have the best quality again it's not the case make your team better because yeah. at the end of the day they're playing shocking football. he got all the praise shocking. all the praise and quite rightly so for taking them from 8th 
into the top four. Everyone said, yeah, now, season, yeah. and, and you've done a great job, yeah. continue that. You've bought the players that you want, Kudasevsky, Benzankur, you bought Perisic, you bought Longley, and I'm not sure that's a great signing. Uh, you bought one yeah. or two others in uh, yeah, Richardson, Bezuma, Richardson, Richardson, Bezuma. Yeah. So these are all and players yeah, Romero, that he wanted. Yeah, before all of yeah. that. So <laughs> he's got to get the best out of this team. At the moment, he's not doing so. It's a good team. It's a better team than what they play yeah. for, for sure. PSG suffered their first defeat of the no. season, Jules, away at Lons on Sunday. What, no. was, what was going on? I know Lons were good, but what happened to, to PSG? <sighs> I don't know, man. You know, all the shows we did together, this show that we did together, yeah. I don't think that you ever asked me a question where PSG didn't win or lost. Um, so Lons were great, as you said. Mm. They were a lovely, lovely, lovely team to watch. It was second against first. Yeah. They had seven, seven points gap. Now there's only four points gap. The atmosphere, the start ball out was incredible and... They deserve everything good that is happening mm. to them and well done to Joseph Hugo Orléans as well, their owner, and Frank Hayes, their manager. Mm. He's fantastic. He's great. But it looked to me, Robo, that PSG went to this game almost mm. not knowing what Lance were about because mm. they didn't look ready for the intensity that Lance mm. put in, the rhythm, the rhythm, how aggressive they were, how were they going to press at times. Mm. The 5-4-1 formation worked so well. They hit them on the counter with Openda who was so quick. It was just a... Like a shocking performance. Do you think from PSG PSG? went with the wrong attitude? The yeah, I mindset? think so. I mean, there was no Neymar who suspended, no Messi who was still on holidays. Mm. But he also felt that, okay, well, we've got Kylian. Kylian can do everything. Mm. He would win us the game on yeah, his yeah. own. Well, that's okay against Strasbourg, but not against Lens, who are too good. So I think it's a, it's a warning sign. It's a, mm. it's a big one. Uh, and I just think that against Bayern Munich in the Champions League or against other teams like that, they just can't put other performances like this. Yeah. Karim Benzema was the Real Madrid saviour uh, once again against Real Valladolid. We can't be surprised, Robert, can we? Not really. He wasn't at his best. He looked a bit rusty, yeah. uh, particularly in the first half. But when he was called upon, he, he slotted home the penalty, which was a, a dubious decision. Handball. Yeah. Handball, yeah. I thought it was dubious doing the yeah. commentary. Uh, and his second half, it was excellent. You know, the, when the ball came to him, I think yeah. Camavinga, one, another yeah. one of your Frenchmen, driving forward, played it back to him. His first touch was great. Composure, yeah. finished it off. So That's the kind of goals that, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, but, but the first touch made it for him. The, se- yeah. the, the second touch was easy. But again, you know, he scored two goals when not playing at his very best. So, yeah. so we're not surprised at his quality. And, yeah. and I thought Real Madrid were not at their best no. either, to be no, fair. No. And they just needed something like yeah. that to, to win them the game. You know what I'm going to say, yeah? To start the year, I need a Kareem the Dream! <laughs> You know, of course. I'm well, it, it, with, uh, as you say, Barcelona not doing uh, yeah, quite so well. Exactly. There's every chance. Just when we thought that Lyon had turned the corner, Jules, they go down at home to Clermont. Oh, my God. So they played so well against Brest, the, the, the previous game, just before um, the new year, 1-4-2. But for one, well, almost for once this season, especially under Laurent Blanc, mm. there was something with the board. There was they were pace, there was verticality, they, it was good. Uh, Cherky, Lacazette... All of that was great. So you think, okay, they're home to Clermont now. Clermont are a good team. They're 10th or 19th in the table before the game. But, you know, let's see the progress continuing. Mm -hmm. And instead, just nothing. But when I say nothing, just nothing. They had a couple of chances in the first half that they, like I said, blasted one over the bar. Tokoe Kambi had another one. But that was it. So flat. No energy, just nothing. And Clermont took advantage, scored a penalty mm. late to win the game. And, 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 and in the end, I saw that game. I was like, OK, there are two teams that are actually similar level. And how sad it is to today mm. talk about Lyon, coached by Laurent Blanc, with still some really good players, mm. saying that they're, they're similar level to Clermont. It's incredible. Man. I did the fall of grace for that club in the last five, six years is mm. unreal. I remember watching them in the Champions League against Man City when Man City were, you know, dominant in, in the Premier League and they outplayed Man City in yeah. two of the games. They looked a really good side with good midfield players who haven't always That's gone incredible. on and done as well as they should have done. Like um, yeah. Mbele was, yeah, was magnificent. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Point. No, crazy. It was a tough win for Liverpool against Leicester this weekend, Robo. Uh, as a former defender, should we talk about the Woodfire's double own goal uh, or should we talk about Darwin Nunes who is still missing a lot of chances. Well, fast, I would say, the first one, good position. Goalkeeper should have given him a bigger shout. Maybe he did. Yeah, and yeah. he's a bit unlucky. The second one, again, a bit unlucky. Bernard? The ball hits yeah, the post. Surely the ball is not that quick on him he, to clear uh, it, no? I think he had a panic because he thought somebody was behind him. You're all, as a defender, you're always going to make those sort of mistakes if you're not if you're in that sort of position he, he, he just made the wrong contact you need to scoop yeah. it away but we go to, to Nunez 
I've been impressed with his general play. I mean, his general... I didn't think he was as quick as I've seen him. Yeah, I mean, really quick. On the quick. left-hand side. Oh, on the left-hand side. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going past people with he such ease. Salah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's, do, he's, doing, he's, he's doing that week in, week out. His movement now looks excellent. He's good with his back to goal. He's good in the air. But he's got to improve his finishing. And I think once he gets one, we might see him score two, three, four. I always worry about Ford if he's not getting chances. Yeah, yeah. Not so much if he's making chances or getting chances and then not taking them. And you, some of the chances he's making himself as well. True. You don't think that maybe the lack of efficiency is because he gives so much in the game outside yeah. of those chances. Yeah, maybe. You know, like a, like a lethal striker who yeah. just waits for the ball in the box and when he comes, beam, he scores. Yeah. But he just does not much else. You know, in a way like a Lewandowski yeah. in a way. Darwin just runs all the time, presses, counter-presses, comes, yeah. do this. And this is maybe when he lacks a little bit of... I think at the moment, he's so worried that he's, he isn't scoring that yeah, when he does get the chances. Game. I mean, some of the, some of the, the finishes have been okay, but the goalkeeper's made a good save, the one that just dipped over the bike. Yeah. You're, you're inches away. Once he scores one, I think he might score yeah. a hatful of goals. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, Atletico Madrid finally got back to winning ways against Elche. It was a good performance, wasn't it? It was good, because let's remind everybody that yeah. before the World Cup, mm-hmm. they, they lost three and drawn yeah. four in the last four. Against fairly average time. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Elche are not a terrible team. Uh, let's, sorry, Elche fans. But you're not very good at all. But I just like the... They had a lot of the ball. They played. They, yeah. they, they shot. They, they created stuff. Griezmann was good, I thought. Yeah. And they scored two goals and they won 2-0. And, and to restart, I thought... Yeah. Yeah. So why can't they... Got Morata, who on his day yeah. made, can make great runs, yeah, can look at yeah. top class. You've got Griezmann, you've got João Felix. Who scored? Yeah, yeah. Felix, Carrasco, yeah. I think, is an excellent yeah. left wing back. You know, and down the right-hand side, they've got a bit of quality as well in Llorente. Why can they not play like this? Because I just week don't week. think the coach is it's just that kind of coach. You know, they play Barcelona on yeah. Saturday night, I think, mm. or Sunday night. Uh, it's the big one, of course. Yeah. It's the big one for, for Barca after the, the mm. draw that we mentioned in the, in the derby. But it's a good, it's a big one for Atletico to show now what they are, yeah. what they're about. Are you, go, you going to this game to defend? Are you going to this mm. game to, to take the game away from Barcelona and mm. to try to play and impose yourself? Like, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what they do. It should be a great game. It should be a great game. Marcus Rashford is benched for oversleeping and missing the, the, the team meeting before the game robot, but he still comes on and give Manchester United a big win away at Wolves. As a former coach, it was the right thing to do from Ten Hag to bench him? Well, first of all, it's a good job that we don't uh, sack you for being uh, late. Oh, my God, uh, I'm only like a couple of minutes well, late. Well, I mean, you know, this tube was you won't be on the show any week, oh, would you? Oh, my God, yeah, maybe, to be fair. But yeah, you've got discipline at a football club. You have, yeah. to, have, you have to have rules, and if, you, if you're saying to Ronaldo, you, you know, if you break the rules, you're going to be in trouble, you have to say it to every player, you true, know, and, and otherwise the, everybody looks at the coach and says, well, hang on, there's rules for one or not the other. So he was right to, to leave him out of the starting lineup. Yeah. And Marcus Rashford, after the game, said exactly what was the problem was, which was good, and he admitted he was wrong, and he went about coming on and doing the job when he when he when he got the chance, scored a good goal, yeah, really, cool. and for a player that I they were yeah, poor without him yeah, as well. For a player that I thought was going nowhere last season that yeah. they probably had to get rid of, he's proved me and many many people wrong it's because amazing, he now yeah. looks quick again, he now looks confident, he now looks like he's enjoying his football, and he's looking a good finisher as yeah, well. Yeah. Have you ever slept? Have you ever missed like team meeting? Uh, Yes, once. Uh, <laughs> Only once. No, no, actually, there was there was there was one where we uh, it wasn't. I thought it was the coach's fault, but we had to accept uh, responsibility. Okay. I, I was England under twenty one captain, um, and we lost to Finland three uh, one. Dave Seaman made a couple of mistakes. Anyway, in the morning, Dave Sexton, I'm sure, said to everybody, "Quarter past ten, uh, the meeting." And we all turned up at 10 past 10 and he said the meeting was at 10 o'clock. So six okay. or seven of us got in real trouble. Right. And I pleaded our case as the captain. I said, no, you, we were told quarter past 10. He said, no, I definitely said 10. So who do you, who do you, who do you believe? Yeah, okay. You have to go that's, with the coach in there. Yeah, so, that's, not, that's not as bad as, I mean, not as bad. It's not. There's worse things, but obviously sleeping, you know, not putting your alarm on at the right yeah, time or something. Yeah, no, no, that would never happen. No, never okay. happen. Okay. Now, Monaco win again. And this time it's thanks to a wonder goal from uh, Golovin. Yeah. Oh, wow. A talent, but a frustrated talent, Robo, because he's so capable and so mm. talented. And that goal, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out on the edge of the box against Brest. And he does like this this piece of skill to get mm. away from the defender and then hit the ball right in the top corner. It's a wonderful strike. And and fourth goal of the season with four assists in 16, it's mm. just not enough. And every week I watch them and every week I'm like, okay, I want to see Golovin again doing the mm. same thing. And I can guarantee you that 
that maybe next weekend he's not going to do Why do you think that's the case? I don't know Why the lack of consistency. I think he's one of those mercurial players. You know, Arshavin mm. was a bit the same. Yeah, it's yeah. not just Russians or it's everybody. But, but Arshavin comes in mind because watching that Monaco game yesterday, I thought just Arshavin remind Golovin is so good and so talented when he wants yeah, to be. Yeah. so special. And then the next game is going to be just anonymous or just do like, you know, the, the bare minimum. But you know that with his talent, he should almost yeah, yeah. be playing at that kind of level every week, week in and week out. Because when you talk about players, they're only as good as their average performance. Yeah. So if you have great performances and, and low-key ones, then, you, then your average is exactly. somewhere there. So you can't be called a great player. Arshavin was exactly the same. Yeah. Perfect example. It's just, it's 26, so I'm, just, I'm still hoping that maybe the maturity will come yeah. now and the consistency can come. And, you know, we say maybe your pick is mm. from 27 to 32, mm. that kind of stuff when you're a forward or an attacking player. I don't know, but I watched that game and I was like, my word, you could be so, so good mm. and, and just go to the next level, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we will see. We will see. Newcastle could not win, I think, the seventh Premier League in a row. Uh, Leeds stopped them mm. at the weekend with a very resilient defensive performance, Robo. What happened? Was it just a, one of those days where Newcastle tried and could have won that game, but... They needed to take their early chances. I mean, to start with, I looked at Leeds, I think they're all over the place defensively. There was a couple of runs, I think um, uh, Jolinton made a run in behind, Wood made a run in behind. All he's got to do is lift it back into the danger area and Jolinton would be heading it in. And then Leeds grew in confidence. They defended much better. They defended balls into the box and and Newcastle just didn't have quite the creativity they've had in previous games. But... Newcastle are a good side. They play with great intensity. They're going to win more games than they, they're going to lose or draw over the next few weeks. Mm. And it's a big one against Arsenal. Yeah, that could, that could be the biggest one, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, massive, massive. On paper, and it's always on paper, we had a yeah. lovely clash for top four oh, I was excited, in, in La Liga, Jules, between Betis and Athletic Bilbao. But it didn't go according to plan, did it? Oh, my or as Athletic God. Club, as we should call Yeah, Athletic Club. You're right, Athletic Club, to be fair. I wrote the question wrong on the quick hits. I was just so excited. I was like, what? I think it was fourth against fifth, maybe, or something like that. It was a top six clash. I was like, yeah, the two teams that play well, Betis, Pellegrini, mm-hmm. and, and Athletic Club as well. Lovely players, good, it's a good time. Great atmosphere. You know, great atmosphere, of course. And no, it was just not a good one. It was just not a good one. Uh, it finished nil-nil. Not much happened. The XG, I think, was like 0 5, 0 6, or something like that. For the two teams, it was just... One of them where I think they just felt like, let's, let's just not lose this mm, game. Yeah. It'll probably be worse for us if we lose yeah. it and the other team gets three points because of how close we are in the table, which in a way I can understand. And we haven't seen too many of those games since the restart, have we? No, you're right. Because we, everyone open. thought that might be the case after the World Cup. Yeah, but the yeah, world, yeah. after the World no, Cup, the right. games it's have been fact- played with great intensity. That wasn't one of them. No, you're right. And as excited as I was before, I was just like... Okay, let's just forget about this game yeah. uh, very quickly. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, remember him? Uh, mm. Reveals in an interview this weekend that he would like to stay at Inter next season. Of course, he's still on loan. He's on loan for Chelsea for this season. I guess you're not surprised, Robert. Not surprised. I don't think his time at Chelsea was one he, he really enjoyed. Yeah. He was brilliant for Inter for two seasons under Antonio Conte. He's been injured for most of this season and, and, and has lost his way completely. But... The fans, I think, will still be on his side. I think he still likes yeah. uh, playing for Inter Milan. Let's hope that he can get back to good form because when he's uh, uh, playing at, uh, fit and playing well, he's a top-class player. There's I no just question don't, about it. I just don't know how... OK, you can make another loan. Mm. and Maybe that would suit. He still has a long contract mm. at Chelsea, so you can loan him again mm. to Inter. Mm. But other than that, Chelsea paid £100 million, mm. you know, 18 months ago for him. So if in- and Inter don't have that kind of money he's right now. He's a it's player impossible. that needs to be loved. And Chelsea don't love him, so he's no, he, true. And, I, I and, that. and that's, I'm not saying that's Chelsea's fault. That's, yeah, yeah, he, no, 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 he knows I, I, if he went back there, he's not going to get the the adulation of the crowd. He's not going to get the adulation probably yeah, of the manager. Yeah. Although there is a change of manager. I just don't know how you make. He wants to stay. Great. Inter might want to keep him. Great. I just don't know how you make it happen unless it's another loan, which you could do, and mm. maybe everybody will will find that interest in a new loan. It's just a right now player that Inter can't afford on a permanent basis. That's that's all. Mind you, he doesn't always speak sense when he goes into these interviews because he <laughs> thinks that the new national oh, coach of tough. Belgium should be Thierry Henry. Having seen him when he was manager of, of yeah, Monaco, I'm not quite, yeah, I'm not quite so sure about that. Are you? Yeah, it's a it's a good point, Robo. I mean, Lukaku and Thierry are very close, so I was mm-hmm. not surprised to see the interview and, and mm-hmm. see once he was asked a question to see the answer. It's, and it's, it's the way he delivered the answer as well. Lukaku was just like, oh, yeah, it's going to be him. It can't be anybody else. It's going to be him. They'll, they will have to pick him. 
Well, let's see. I mm-hmm. mean, Thierry, I think, was the job. He was obviously the assistant to Roberto Martinez yeah. for f- two years, three yeah. years. But he maybe? went. He went away, didn't he? he was he was originally the uh, yeah. assistant. And then, then he went away, and then he came back again, didn't he? Yeah, took took charge of the team. I think maybe against the Dutch in the yeah. uh, in the Nations League when Martinez had uh, COVID or something like that. Um, we will see. We will see what 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 they do. I mean. Lukaku said about the consistency, which I, okay, mm-hmm. that's a point that I agree on in yeah. s- certain extent. I just don't know if Thierry is ready. I don't. I don't know from what we've seen with Monaco and our, our kind of manager level if he's ready. For, this is a huge job, absolutely, it's a big, and it's a big rebuilding and it, job. And as it well. could be a job that the team are going on the downward yeah, spiral. Or, yeah, or certainly that yeah. you have to like find a new. Mm kind of breath of fresh air, like a new generation for that. And maybe that's what Thierry wants. We'll see. I mean, the next international break is March. So I don't think mm. they will rush, take a new decision or anything like that. But at least Henri has Lukaku as a, as a mm. big supporter, which I think is, is also good in those kind of... The uh, person you need the biggest support from will be Kevin De Bruyne, though. Yeah, true. He's the one that, that seems to run yet. the team. Yeah, that hasn't, that come, hasn't yet. come yet. No. But no, about Yashir, we mentioned him in the last show with Nadem. He's now done from Monaco to Chelsea. Is that what they need, Robo? Another centre back? Um, Koulibaly, I thought was going to be the the key signing for them, and he's obviously, I think, he's done okay without being at his very best. When he was at Napoli, your jumper that you're wearing, yeah. he was absolutely one of the best centre backs in Europe. I'm not sure he's found that form with Chelsea. Thiago Silva is getting older, but he's still putting in great performance. He was the best player. Yeah, I mean, he's passing out from the back. I didn't realise was as good as it was since he's been at Chelsea. Uh, Chalaba, they've they've also got Kukurea can play there. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, do they need him? But a, a, a team like Chelsea, a club like Chelsea, always have to keep replenishing their squad, and that's what they're doing. You know, so uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it, it could work out for them, but not straight away. What did you make of their draw against uh, Forest? Because we haven't really talked about it uh, before. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, it was Arthur very disappointing. Yes, the lack of the, the second half, especially they didn't seem up for the fight. They're lacking something, and I think it's a little bit of arrogance to some way. When Chelsea, and they're lacking a little bit of work rate, I would say. It's almost like, yeah. well, the game's going to come our way. You know, we've got some nice players. We're going to play our way around pressure. You know, we, we, we're a good side, and it'll all come to us eventually. But it's all a bit too nicey-nicey at the moment at Chelsea. You know, uh, they didn't really play with an out-and-out striker. Mason Mount's playing through an inside left position. Yeah. Um, Kai Havertz is playing through the inside right. At some point, one of them goes to play at the centre-forward. You know, when I look at uh, Pulisic, he's another player that's a nice player. But he's... Do you look at them and say, they've got that fire in their belly. They're a side that can match. When the opposition want to have a fight, Chelsea can, can match that fight. I'm not sure they always do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's under pressure mm. massively. I think he's yeah. one win in nine or something yeah. like that. Or it's just a great... Right now, they're going through... A and the, and the criticism of Brighton when he was the man. Not, the, not at the beginning of this season. Yeah, in the yeah. Nice football. Is there an end product? And are they tough enough to, to, to cope with the very best teams? But they don't even play well, Chelsea. No. Now. And maybe maybe he hasn't been there long, but he's, doing, he's got a worse record than Tuchel yeah. had now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this season. And yeah, I think they will strengthen the squad. And I think they should. Mm. But they still have, he needs they some still good have results. Good players, though. And we, you talked about it being a big week for Man City. Yeah, it's a massive week for Chelsea. Two games against City in yeah. the league and in the cup. It's like they could finish with two mm. defeats. Mm. And I mean, I, just where you, where are you if you're the, the yeah, owner yeah. and you just appoint that guy in September? It's, it's terrible, I think. Revelation of the World Cup, as Dean. Unai, I can never say his name. Unai. 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 Perfect. Yeah, there we are. Unai is also on the move. Yeah, he's at Angers and he doesn't want to stay there. They need to sell him because they need to balance them. They need the money, to be fair. Ideally, they would like to sell him now mm-hmm. and keep him on loan until the end of the season because mm-hmm. they're bottom of the table in Ligue 1. They need to stay up and they would have more chances to stay up if he's there because mm-hmm. he's their best player, one of their best players, than if he isn't. I don't think he fancies the fight for the second half of the season in Ligue 1, you know, from the bottom of the table to scrap and get a win and, and a point there and there to keep them up. Run at Napoli, you know, yeah. jumper again. Uh, I think are leading the race. Leicester are keen. If you were him, I would rather go to Napoli than Leicester. Mm. Right now, it looks better. You've got teams mm. like Almeria in Spain. You've got a couple of Spanish teams who are, who are following him closely as well. But I think if you're Napoli... Sign him. Absolutely. I mean, leave him on loan if there. You look, if you looked at the World Cup, and you've seen him more in, in, in Liga, 
he had everything. I mean, he looked yeah. a good athlete. He could win the ball back. He could make forward runs. His passes he picked out. He made oh, it simple at times. He did too. everything right. So Napoli would be an ideal. Yeah, player. I think so. And there might be a bit of a like a World Cup kind of signing, of course, yeah. bit of vibe here, maybe. But he's still young enough, I think, mm. to be developed into something mm. very, very interesting for sure. Robo Chelsea also in talks with Benfica to sign Enzo Fernandez for 120 mm. million euros. I know you like the player, but is it a good idea to spend that much money on one player in this transfer window? If Chelsea have got the money, he's, he's a, an ideal sort of player. I mean, I've always been thinking that Jorginho is is now, I would say, surplus to requirements, in yeah. my view. He's off contract as well. He's had a contract. Um, uh, Zakaria, Zakaria is doing OK. He's a good athlete. I was very impressed with his first half performance against Knott's Forest. Kovacic, I thought, had an excellent World Cup. Mm. But when somebody like Enzo Fernandez comes available, and of course he's going to cost more because he's coming from the Portuguese League yeah. and he's just won the World Cup. Yeah, and he's young. But I've seen him play for, for Benfica on numerous occasions and he can do everything that you want from a midfield player. Quite often he plays as one of two holding midfield players, but he can make forward runs, he yeah. can pick out passes, he can be aggressive. If there's one criticism of him, he can lose his head every so often. Yeah, he can be yeah. too over-aggressive. He's, yeah. he's a booking waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. If he came to the Premier League, I think he'd have to curb that slightly. Yeah, yeah. But overall, he's a top-class midfield player. And if you're the likes of Chelsea, why not spend money on him? I just think he's, he would be a game-changer. So then yeah. it's, it's down to you to mm. put a price on what a game-changer yeah, yeah. player is for your yeah, squad yeah. and for your team. But if you think that... If you have the money and you think, yeah, he's worth 120 million because we love him, he's 21, we can have him for 10 years or yeah, whatever, yeah. then go for it, you know. Now, sad news, Mark Overmars had a mild heart attack. Uh, we wish him well. It's not too bad, though, is it? No, it's not too bad. He's in hospitals, too. He's recovering. He's in stable condition. He was 39. He's now in Belgium at Royal Antwerp. Okay. He's the sporting director there after obviously leaving Ajax and everything. Former Arsenal uh, mm. winger, of course. So, yeah, we wish him all the best. It's not the way you want to start a new year, of course, and then, you know, going through the festive period, but at least it looks like he would be okay. okay so good. let's hope that... It stays that way, and we wish it, we wish Mark Overmars all the best. Robo, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for coming and being with me for this I've enjoyed first it, as show always. of the year. First show of the year, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've, I always enjoy it. Not so much, but I mean, no, always enjoy it. Ah, <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, plenty of football more to come, of course. This week, the Premier League in Spain at the mm. weekend in in France as well. A bit everywhere. All the league are going to restart very soon now. So we hope you enjoy the show. And as Gab always says, love yourself. Love the game, love your neighbor, or something like that. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.